Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. That's right, you are listening to the 30-something movie podcast. This is it. It once more, dear friends, once more, we jump into the podcast airwaves. I don't even know if they have... Do they have airwaves? It's you're listening to it on Wi-Fi, so I'm sure there's airwaves. Anyway, it's the end of 1989. We spent years. Well, let me rephrase that. Pat spent years waiting for 1989, and our first episode out of the gate, Batman. It took him a long time to get there, and it was amazing. And all the other stuff from 1989. Well, I don't want to say all the other stuff. Most of the other stuff from 1989 was amazing. And now it's a little bittersweet. It seems like 89 has flown by completely. This is our last movie of 1989, but even more importantly, dear podcasting friends, it's the last movie of the 80s. We have reached, when we started this thing, I think we talked about it one of our last episodes, when we started this thing, I don't think that we had any idea that we would probably get this far to where we'd actually move into something other than the 80s. When we started this, it was, hey, we love 80s movies. Let's talk 80s movies. Sure. And then we started from there, 84, 85. So we've been doing this, I I believe, I think we talked one of the last times, I believe we're looking at close to five years that we've been doing this. So we, I don't know that we really truly ever thought, we joked that we'd get to like The Phantom Menace or The Matrix or movies like that. Uh, But we're here, friends. So... It is, as I said, we are in episode number 278. This one is Say Anything. It's going to be our last one for 89, last one for the 80s uh, total. We may come back and and talk 80s movies in the future. We usually do every once in a while kind of looking back on some stuff. So uh, I'm sure this is not the end of the 80s for us. So uh, you will, I'm sure, hear more about uh, some 80s content going forward. But we will be primarily 90s. Uh, that also means a change in our podcast logo and uh, change in the intro, and so we're gonna we're gonna do it up for uh, for 1990, moving into that new decade. So, uh, haven't changed the music yet. I still like the background music for our intro. So, um, you know, thank you to the uh, Super Sigil. Um, I believe is the artist. I had those notes right in front of me, and then they disappeared. Um, but we don't often say thank you enough. Uh, I'm sure that person has never heard this being used on our podcast before. I do have a note up uh, as a way of, of giving credit to that. Uh, I did pull it off of one of those websites where it's you're, you're free to use the music uh, however you'd like, but uh, do like to give credit where credit's due, and the music that we have used for 
many, 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 many episodes uh, is is due to that um, to that creator. So I think um, I believe Super Sigil was the name of the creator for that one. There is a credit on our website, so um, please go to our website and check that out there, um, and you can find some of their other music that they've created as well. Um, that all being said, I, you can probably tell by now I am by myself this time around, and uh, actually because I have no time at all, because I now have a real person job, not to say teachers aren't real people, but I'm now no longer on a teacher schedule, so I'm back to work, and I'm trying to record this in the uh, free moments that I have during my lunch break and things like that, so I am recording it in my car, so we may not have the same audio quality that we typically do uh, or that we try to have most of our episodes, but just giving you a heads up, I am. It is a cold and gray Chicago morning. I'm sure somewhere a little baby child was born in the ghetto. Uh, in the ghetto. Okay, that is all the singing you're going to hear from me this episode, maybe. But it is very cold. It is very gray, and it may last us the rest of our lives. It is currently snowing. It is the day before New Year's Eve. Um, it's kind of gloomy. However, I'm here with all of you. I'm going to talk about a John Cusack movie. I am a big John Cusack fan. I had never seen this one before, so I don't know how that makes me a big John Cusack fan if I've never seen this one. Uh, but I, Bits and pieces, but but never the whole thing altogether. And uh, Ioni Sky, I mean, come on. Quintessential girl next door. Um, what's not to love? So we're going to get into that in just a second. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been with us all year this year who's been with us this entire stretch as we've done our 80s movies and now moving on into the 90s. Just thank you all so much. We, you know, we don't, we're not one of those big podcasts that, you know, has multiple tens of thousands of downloads every episode and, and that kind of stuff. But we just, we really appreciate everybody who's out there listening. We appreciate all the feedback that we get from everyone, all the interaction. It's been so much fun uh, to get to know some of you. And, you know, if we were a much bigger podcast and, you know, I had a, I had a table at the local comic book convention, like some of these big deals, and I, I would love to meet other people that are listening to our show, but I know our audience is not as big as those. Uh, so if you have not reached out, I'm not, I'm not even asking, I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for Patreon or, or any of that stuff right now. Um, we do have one, but I, I rarely, you know, throw that out there. Um, but I just, I would love to hear from more of you. You know, we, I know we've got a bunch of listeners out there, and you may not have interacted with the show yet. So I'm not asking for anything other than we'd we'd love to know who you are. We'd love to talk with you more. We'd love to hear from you in our voicemail. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Um, we just we're this is for the love of the game. So. We're not really looking for anything else other than other people who love movies as much as we do, maybe want to talk about movies a little bit. We just want to hear from more of you. So uh, we do have, I, I do want to give a shout out real quick to our Oklahoma contingent um, down there in Oklahoma. Thank you guys all so much. You guys interact with us regularly. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to forget somebody, but I know James, um, Jason, Tristan, a whole bunch of people down there in Oklahoma that interact with us pretty regularly. And I do want to give a shout out because James and Jason are starting up their own podcast. I think they uh, mentioned to me just today, I think I got a message from James saying that they were starting up a podcast. They've been talking about it since March of this year and they're ready to go. They've got some preview episodes out, and I think the uh, first episode may be coming out in the new year. It's a great concept. They are taking two things from childhood, uh, whether it be a TV show, movie, album, whatever it might be, and they are debating which one is the best. And uh, I believe their podcast is called Surely You Can't Be Serious Podcast. 
great title. Um, you, you may, you may miss that phrase now cause that's not going to be the opening of our podcast anymore. I'm a little sad, but hopefully we can get something that, uh, is just as enjoyable and fits in with the theme of our, of our, uh, now 90s podcast going forward after today. But, uh, I, I listened to the preview episode. I, this is going to be an awesome podcast. So if you want to hear people, uh, a friendly argument and debate talking about things that we love from our childhood, the first episode is, uh, which album is the better Michael Jackson eighties album? Is it bad or is it thriller? I, I, I could weigh in right now. I'm going to weigh in right now. I'm going to say thriller now, bad, great album, but I gotta go thriller. I, as a kid, I had that song memorized. I watched that music video religiously. So it, the irony, religiously. Um, but that, even just that song alone, like that's one of those times where when you give me a couple of different options and, and I look at them, I, it may just come down to one song. And for me, growing up as a kid, I can't, I, I can't separate uh, child John and his love for Thriller from the rest of that album and, and, and everything else. And there's still great stuff in the rest of that album, but just, I, I can't, for me, that's pretty much it. Like that's, that's the deal breaker right there is thriller has thriller. Um, and some other great songs too, but, uh, yeah, so that would be, I would throw in my two cents if, if I was going to, you know, throw in for my portion of, of, uh, sharing in that debate, but, uh, sounds like it's going to be a really fun podcast. Uh, they're going to bring out that first episode, I think here in the new year. So go check it out. Uh, surely you can't be serious podcast, uh, from our Oklahoman, Oak, uh, let's say it again, Oklahoma contingent folks, uh, down there in the South. And, uh, you know, good luck to them on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to, uh, I think I messaged them back earlier today and said, I'm looking forward to becoming your Illinois contingent for your podcast. So, um, so thank you guys for sharing that with us and, uh, good luck on the podcast. I, I hope you have as much fun as we've had doing our podcast as well. All right. Um, let's see. I, again, like I said, I'm, I'm going solo today, so I don't have Bo or Pat or anybody else with me. So I'm going to talk a little bit about say anything. And uh, episode probably won't be as long as some of our other ones since it's just me gabbing. Uh, but very, very quickly, spoiler alert, we spoil the movies we talk about. I'm going to talk about Say Anything. If I mention another movie's title, I might, within the course of being just monologuing here, uh, might say something related to that movie too. So just be aware. We just let the conversation flow freely beyond this point. We don't usually say spoiler alert. So just be aware of that. iTunes reviews. Like I said before, we don't really ask for anything. Um if you, if you want to interact more with us, we would love to. We'd love to get to know you better and, and talk um, and uh, talk more about movies, 80s stuff, 90s stuff, whatever you want to talk about. But uh, the other thing, too, is iTunes reviews. If you have not left us an iTunes review, we would really appreciate that. That helps us kind of move up in the charts, allows other people to find our show, and then that way we can interact with more people that love this stuff. So as I said before, we're here for the love of the game. We love movies. We love talking about movies. We love interacting with people. It's positivity, it's communication with other people, that's all we're looking for. Like, we're not looking for Twitter followers, we're not even looking for downloads on our podcast, but um, if we do get more people listening, we get more people we get to interact with. So, that is, that's really all we're looking for. So, iTunes reviews, leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve a five-star review, um, and uh, let us know what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, and we'll take it from there. But, um, yeah, that's another place you can kind of interact with us. And then also visit our website, 30podcast.com is our website. 
You can find all of our past episodes, our voicemail line, uh, the credit for the music I talked about earlier that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh, we've had different uh, polls that we've put up there to ask questions. Um, we have links to our Letterboxd page, to all of our other social media outlets that we use, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those different things. We're usually 30 podcast on all those if you go looking for them. But visit our website, 30podcast30podcast.com. That's got all the different ways you can interact with us. All right. Well, let's just jump on into Say Anything. So Say Anything came out on the 14th of April, 1989, was rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes, directed by Cameron Crowe, who also did Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, and Vanilla Sky. Uh, Polly Platt was the producer. She died in 2011. Uh, she also did Broadcast News and The War of the Roses. Writer was also Cameron Crowe. He also wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Jerry Maguire, and Almost Famous, oh, and Vanilla Sky. Uh, cinematography done by Laszlo Kovacs, who died in 2007, also did Ghostbusters, Multiplicity, and Miss Congeniality. Bunch of great movies there. Can't wait to do Miss Multiplicity. Like, that's, that's probably one of my favorite movies of the 90s. Like, it is a quintessentially 90s movie. It's good stuff. It's Michael Keaton. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, we'll get there. So, music was done by Ann Dudley and Richard Gibbs. Uh, Dudley did The Crying Game and The Full Monty. Gibbs has done some episodes of The Simpsons and the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. Budget was $16 million. Box office was $21.5 million. The Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 98%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives an 85%. IMDb gives it a 73%. Letterboxd a 72%. And CinemaScore a B+. Starring John Cusack as Lloyd Dobler. He was in High Fidelity, Gross Point Blank. Ione Skye as Diane Court. She was in River's Edge and Fever, Fever Pitch. Let's say that correctly. Uh, John Mahoney, the great John Mahoney, uh, who passed away. Oh, I didn't write it down on here. I think that was either just last year or a couple years ago that he passed away. Uh, he played James Court, Diane's father. He was in Moonstruck and the TV series Frasier among many other things, uh, stage and, and TV and movies. Lily Taylor played Corey Flood. She was in The Conjuring and Mystic Pizza. Amy Brooks played DC. He was in Broadcast News and I'll Do Anything. Pamela Adlin was Rebecca. She was in Grease 2 and Bumblebee. Jason Gould played Mike Cameron. He was in The Prince of Tides and Boy's Life 3. Uh, Lauren Dean played Joe. He was in Gattaca and Enemy of the State. Glenn Walker Harris Jr. played Jason Dobler. He was in Wild at Heart and General Hospital. Jeremy Piven played Mark. He was in Entourage and Serendipity. B.B. Newworth played Mrs. Evans. She was in Jumanji and Cheers. Eric Stoltz played Valère. He was in Pulp Fiction and Some Kind of Wonderful. Joan Cusack played Constance Dobler. She was in In and Out and Working Girl. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. I'm going to take out Diane Corey. Diane Court doesn't go out. She's a brain trapped in the body of a game show hostess. We don't want to see you get hurt. I want to get hurt. So it's Lloyd and um, uh, let's go out. Oh, thanks, but I'm busy. So you're, so you're monumentally busy? Well, not monumentally. Hi, Lloyd Dalmas. I'm an athlete, so I rarely drink. I heard kickboxing. I heard of kickboxing, sport of the future. I can see by your face, no. My point is you can relax because your daughter will be safe with me for the next seven, eight hours, sir. Hi. Maybe Diane Court really likes Lloyd. If you were Diane Court, would you honestly fall for Lloyd? Yeah. 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 What are your plans for the future? Spend as much time possible with Diane. 
Not really. I'm totally and completely serious. I'm not sure if I should say, you know. I just want to no, tell you that... No, we don't have to say it. How do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know what you're going to say. I'm just going to tell you that I love you. you. I said it. I know. She gave her my heart and she gave me a pen. Lloyd, man, no baby's worth it, dude. All you gotta do is find a girl who looks just like her and then dump her, man. You guys know so much about women. How come you're here at, like, a gas and sip on a Saturday night? No women anywhere. My choice, man. That's yeah, right, man. It's a conscious choice. choice. I'm a guy. I have pride. No, you're not a guy. No, the world is full of guys. Be a man. John Cusack, Ioni Sky, Say Anything. Okay, we're back. All right. So, first off, we, we typically kind of go through, so I'm going to kind of ask myself these questions as well. So we typically kind of go through and ask ourselves some questions about the movie. Um, so, first question I usually ask everybody is, how does this movie make you feel? I love this movie. This is a great movie. This is a... a true relationship movie that it's like the 80s have grown up. I think it has some of the, it starts off seeming like it has some of the trappings of an 80s high school romance movie, but then there are ways in which it kind of turns that on its head. Like it it surprises you with certain things in this movie. And that was something that as I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be your typical, uh, you know, high school teen comedy romance movie from the 80s and it's going to be very similar to one of those others it's going to be like a 16 candles it's going to be like a you know one of these um but it's not and and there's a lot of ways in which it's not uh one in particular is they've graduated high school and they're they're going off to college or they're in that in between time which almost makes me think it's kind of an interesting look at it coming at the end of the 80s that we're graduating from the 80s we're moving on to something else uh we're kind of moving away i think Towards the end of the 80s, I think we've started to see it in the last couple of years of our podcast where we're moving away from the way the uh, movies were done previously, like the Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the 16 Candles, that type of stuff, a lot of the John Hughes. And uh, we are we're kind of moving into something just a little bit different. I think it's also because of Cameron Crowe. I think a lot of his movies, um, you have the, the characters are maybe even more grown up than what we would see the characters acting like in some of the 80s teen movies, but it's definitely something different. So when I started watching this, I had seen bits and pieces of this movie here or there. I was obviously aware of the iconic uh, holding up the boombox scene, but uh, yeah, had not seen this movie in its entirety, and I really enjoyed this movie. Um, John Cusack, I've always liked John Cusack as an actor. There's something about him as an actor that I think um, I just, I really enjoy because he's not over the top. Like he's one of those actors that he can emote and he can, with a look, he can give you an entire range of what he's thinking and what he's feeling without even saying anything. Um, and that's from when he was young on up until, you know, even, even as an older adult now in some of the movies that I've seen with him, uh, runaway jury was a great one with Gene Hackman and Rachel Weiss, uh, several years ago that my wife and I have watched over and over again. Uh, really liked that movie, but, uh, just, 
I really like him as an actor. You know, he's a, I, I even hesitate sometimes to call him a subdued actor, but he's not over the top. And that's one of the things I really like about him is that it seems like to me as an actor, he can do so much. Well, that, that whole idea of a look or just a glance or whatever. And, and he does so much with it. So that's something I really like about him. He's not a caricature in this movie. Um, you know, he, he kind of dresses like a slacker and he doesn't really have a plan for his life. However, he is very empathetic. He is very thoughtful. Uh, he doesn't look like you would expect. So I think that kind of, you know, it, it throws, uh, Diane's father for a loop uh, just a little bit and um, I think he's expecting something different and, and I think uh, Diane underestimates him too because you know his looks don't necessarily match up with his attitude which I think is what distinguishes this from a typical 80s teen movie is that typically you had very stereotypical groups within the 80s teen movies this one not so much um, and now you've also got the the beautiful Ioni Sky just stunning uh, valedictorian who's also a bit of a nerd and a bit of an outcast. So she mixes a whole bunch of different um, stereotypes, those those high school stereotypes. And I think that's maybe one of the messages of this, of this movie too is that if you are on if you're in high school watching this, that you this is this movie is a way of teaching you, look, your group, your little niche, your little uh, clique that you were in in high school, once you get past high school, really those don't matter anymore. Like, that's not even a thing very much. And uh, as someone who has taught middle school kids and I've taught high school kids and I have, you know, an, an almost teenager of my own, that's a hard thing to get across to them. Like, when they're that age, it's, and I remember too, when when you're that age, it's, that's what life is. And you don't see anything else beyond the teenage bubble that you're living in uh, for most. And I think this movie does a really great job of, of just trying to show you, hey, look, there's more to life than this. People are three-dimensional. They're not these two-dimensional characters that we see in movies sometimes. And that's one of the things I really like and why this movie just, it makes me feel good. Now, watching this movie is, this movie is about real people and real relationships. That does not at all denigrate John Hughes, because I think he does a great job at that too, but some of the other 80s teen movies, I still love those. Like, I'm not, I'm not downplaying those at all. I'm just saying this is taking a different stance on that, that it's, maybe this is a little bit more sophisticated while still remaining simple. This is a little bit more of a sophisticated take on the, uh, teen romance movie. So uh, John Cusack, awesome. Love him. Uh, John Mahoney, I had the two Johns, John Mahoney, also great in this movie. Um, throughout the entire movie, just jumping back and forth from, is this guy a jerk or is this guy actually okay? Did he really steal these things or you know, I, I think that up front, a lot of 80s movies would have the villain. Um, you know, if you have the villain who's who's stealing money or wanting to steal somebody's property or whatever, I'm thinking of like the Goonies and some, some of the other stuff. It's almost a caricature of a businessman in this one. He's actually a nice guy. Like, I don't think that the dad with with a very few exceptions in this movie. I don't think the dad, John Mahoney, ever stops being a nice dad, you know, a nice guy, good father. Even though you find out that he has, you know, stolen this money from these people, personality-wise, he's still a nice person, you know, except for the whole stealing money from people thing. He even has a rationale for it that, you know, it's a horrible thing that he did, but you, you from if you're looking at it from his perspective, 
you can kind of see that, you know, he, he almost felt as if he was just giving himself a tip from these people. Now, it's a horrible, deplorable thing that he did, um, but I don't think there's ever a point in this movie where I truly felt like he was a villain. Was he always completely honest? No. Um, you know, did he always act appropriately? No. However, he was not villainous, where I think a lot of 80s uh, movies, dads or businessmen or things like that, kind of come across as either oafish or villainous, and he is neither one. So that was the other thing I really kind of appreciated about this movie, is that he, you know, it was a, it was a real three-dimensional character. It wasn't a caricature. Ione Sky. How could you not? Now, I didn't see this movie as a teenager or as a kid. How could you not have kind of a crush on Ione Sky? Um, she is, especially in this movie, she is, you know, she, she's got kind of the girl next door attitude about her and the personality. She is ridiculously smart in this movie. She's beautiful. She, it's, it's basically like this is almost like the perfect example of the girl that you'd want to meet. You know, if you were a high school guy and you were looking for a girl, this would be like you've won the jackpot. Now, in a bunch of other 80s movies, like I've said before, I think a lot of times the the guys go for the cute girl. You know, they go for the cute girl. They go for the looks. Um, in this movie, it's more than that. It's, you know, especially Lloyd, you know, he, he knows all about her. He knows that she's smart. Um, and is she good looking? Yes. But to him, that's only part of it. And I think that's a bit of a shift, too, from some of the 80s movies. Now, I'm not saying all did it that way, but, you know, I, I think it's definitely noticeable in this one. Um, so as we, you know, we'll just kind of start and, and go through a little bit of the, the plot here too, as we're kind of talking, but that's kind of how this movie makes me feel. It's just, it happy, just happy to be watching it. Um, happy that it, it seems like real relationships happening right in front of you. I believe, and I don't have this right in front of me right now, but I believe in the early two thousands, uh, entertainment weekly voted this as the best, the best movie romance. I don't remember. I have to look it up and see. But something like the best movie romance, and in one of their top fifty, um, top was it top fifty teen romance movies of all time, or something like that. I, whatever it was, but um, yeah. And and you know, I wouldn't have a problem believing that. Like, I think the ups and downs of this movie are realistic for a relationship of this kind, um, and how things turn out in the end. Love the ending of the movie too. That was great. Um, we'll get there in a minute, but yeah, no, I just, I really liked pretty much everything about this movie from Lloyd's friends to the ups and downs of the relationship, the it's on again, it's off again, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, just, you know, just a lot of fun to watch. Um, sometimes I'll ask the guys who related to these movies, what are you going to remember about this movie? And obviously the, the iconic scene, um, with the boombox when he's holding it over his head, trying to get her attention, playing the song. Um, I think some of the other scenes in particular, when he's uh, talking on the phone in the phone booth in the rain, and he says, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was, I gave her, I gave her my heart and she gave me a pen. Um, you know, I thought that was, that was a great one. Um, you know, just some of the different scenes where you see him reacting, like when he's walking away from, uh, from Diane's house and the dad looks out the window and he's just kind of like cheering in the streets. You just jump fist pump, just jumping up and down. Um, the different scenes where he's there with his nephew, uh, the, uh, you know, kickboxing, it's the sport of the future. And, um, you know, just, just 
I, almost every scene with John Cusack in it, the way he's helping out everybody at the party where he kind of becomes, and, and he's not upset about it, but he kind of becomes the key master and uh, he's holding everybody's keys. And it's like, well, eh, he's probably done this before because he's a genuinely nice guy and he's somebody that'll look out for other people. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, as I think about the, the plot of this movie itself, as we kind of go through some of that, you know, obviously he's, he's living with, he's just graduated high school. He's living with his sister. Um, and, uh, she's a single mother and he doesn't really have, you know, he doesn't have an outlook on life. He, he's going to keep his options open. He kind of has some ideas on what he wants to do. Uh, he wants to do something with kickboxing, but, um, other than that, he doesn't really have a plan. Whereas on the flip side, you've got Diane and her father who, um, I mean, they have planned everything to a T. So you get the sense that they, you know, they are polar opposites of each other. And, and, you know, the opposites attract idea that you would not necessarily expect someone who has planned their life as much as she has and her, as her father has um, to go for somebody like Lloyd, who doesn't necessarily have a plan. At the same time, you do get the sense that she is feeling a little like all of her planning, maybe for naught. Like she doesn't really necessarily know what she wants to do despite the fact that they have this plan. Uh, and, and what did she really get out of all of it? So that's probably why somebody like Lloyd would be attractive, even though at first she, she turns him down when he gives her a call. Uh, what I really like too, is the whole thing with her and her father is they were kind of planning everything out. Like there were a few times where I, I saw that and I was like, that's a, that's a bit of an extreme father daughter relationship there that, you know, they've got this much stuff planned out and they tell each other everything. I mean, everything, um, you know, that's, could I see talking about some of those things with my daughter? No, <laughs> not especially not right now. She's only nine. Um, but, uh, some of it was a little, some of that was a little awkward. I was like, well, it's maybe a little bit too open, but maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, you know, that, the, the whole thing where they've planned everything out and it was just, there wasn't a lot of angst in this movie, uh, at least at the beginning. And, and that was something I really appreciated was it, everybody was just, and, and to fit the title, say anything, everybody was just, you know, fairly open with each other. You know, Lloyd was open about what he wanted up front with her, that he just wanted to spend as much time with her as he could. He knew she was going off and doing her thing, but he just wanted to spend some time with her. And she was open with her father. And for, for the most part, her father was open with her uh, about things. And, you know, I, I think that was a refreshing um, change to some other movies that we've seen where it's just uh, everybody's keeping secrets from each other. And that's what drives the plot. That doesn't have to drive the plot. I mean, it does drive the plot of most like CW TV shows and uh, most of the, uh, I think, Smallville for almost 10 years. That's what drove the plot. Um, but it doesn't need to. And I think that was something that was refreshing about this movie is that that's not how the plot was driven. The plot was driven by two people who are genuinely interested in each other and then ultimately love each other and the conflicts that come in between them and how they're going to try to resolve those things. Um, so he does get her to go with him to a party and, uh, that kind of surprises everybody because it's like, whoa, <laughs> Lloyd is with Diane. Like she's the superstar and he's, he's a nice guy, but he's kind of a slacker in comparison. So I think it kind of surprised everybody that they would be going together, but then she slowly starts to see all the different things that he's doing while he came there with her to the party. He's still 
a genuinely nice guy who seems to care for other people. He takes on the role of the key master um, and, and people like random people from all kinds of different uh, cliques and groups will come up to him and they know him and nobody hates him. Like it's, it's everybody. He's, he's one of those guys. If you knew one of those people in high school, guy or girl, you knew you probably knew somebody like that, that it didn't matter which group you were in. Didn't matter if you were a nerd or a jock or a goth or, a, you know, whatever the groups might have been when you were in high school. You knew someone that kind of transcended all those groups that everybody. It was kind of like the peacemaker of the high school, that the, the person who was the, um, you know, the one that could just kind of walk through different groups and nobody had a problem with this person. Everybody was fine with them, you know, maybe not best friends, but you still, you, you respected that person because they were just a genuinely nice person. There wasn't, there wasn't anything if, if much uh, to hate about that person. And in high school, that's, I think that takes some doing to be that person. And I think Diane figures out pretty quickly that that's uh, who Lloyd is. And I think she wants to, you know, she definitely wants something like that for herself because she's been... Uh, planning, and she's been working towards this plan pretty much her entire life, and I think she's just tired at that point of the plan, at least is, is what it seems. Then you get the whole plot of her dad being in trouble for stealing money from the senior home that he's working at, and you do spend a pretty decent portion of the movie wondering if it's really true, uh, that he, he's such a nice guy. Like, you could you wouldn't see him doing this, and he didn't come across, he wasn't a cackling villain, so you didn't see any of that stuff. And then when you finally find out, no, yeah, actually he did this, he still is not a bad guy. As I said before, he doesn't come across as a villain. He's done something illegal. He's done something wrong. He's going to go to jail for it. Um, and that fractures the relationship. It almost seems like beyond repair between him and his daughter, who had a very open relationship before. Uh, but, you know, it's obviously he did something very wrong and he kept it from her and, and it probably almost destroyed everything uh, for them. But at the very least, it, it very much damaged their relationship. And she ends up finding some uh, hidden cash at their house and, and uh, you know, that he says it was for her. And, and I, I believe it. Like, I believe that um, he says that that was all for her. I, I don't always necessarily believe that he was keeping that money for himself, even though they had a nice house and everything else. It genuinely seemed to me that he was doing this as a father to set up his daughter for the best life she could possibly have, which, again, keeps him from looking like a villain. Did something horribly wrong, but he doesn't come across villainous. Um, and at this point, they've also uh, Lloyd and Diane have kind of broken up as well. And so there's a little bit of a back and forth there. And he's very distraught because he... You know, he gave his I, I, Lloyd is one of those people that just loves with their whole heart, like, you know, 100 and to use the sports numbering, 110 percent. He gave 110 percent of his heart to this girl and, um, and and she broke it. And so he was, was just devastated by this. And I love the part where she comes back to kind of reconcile with him at the gym and he's got the bloody nose. And, um, you know, she's saying, but but I do need you and I and I do love you. And uh, and he's at first he's not believing it. And you can tell he's kind of, he, you know, bloody nose and he's all sweaty and everything else. And he's a little bit out of it. And I think he had just gotten kicked in the face, if I remember right. And because um, she walked in and, and kind of surprised him. And uh, then she says the line, I, I, I think she says something like, I love you. And, and how many times do I have to tell you? One more would be nice. Um, 
and you know at that point he loves her and he's loved her this entire movie and and you know he was so heartbroken that you knew that if she came back to him he would take her back uh, in a heartbeat just because he was dedicated to her and uh, just I, I love that line that's one of my other favorite lines and moments in the movie and another time where John Cusack does not have to overact or do anything extreme all he's got to say is when she says I love you how many times do I have to tell you one more would be nice. It's just, it's a great line in the movie and it's just a, it's a great moment and it's just, it totally sums up the type of romantic movie this is. Um, I would hesitate to call this a romantic comedy. I don't think it is. There are some comedic moments, but I think that would sell this movie short to call it a romantic comedy. Uh, eventually her father is put in prison. Uh, Lloyd is actually the one that ends up visiting him and bringing a letter, um, and telling the father that he is going to go with Diane. Uh, she's got her trip over to England, and he's actually going to go with her. And um, her father is not happy about that. Um, ultimately, you know, Diane does show up. She does forgive her father, and she and Lloyd end up leaving to go to England together. It, he still really doesn't have too much of a plan, but he just knows that his plan is to be with her. He needs to be with her. And so wherever she's going, that's where he needs to be. Um, and, and then you get the whole scene at the very end where she's afraid of flying, just terrified of flying. And he is doing everything he can to just ease her mind. And there's just the tension of what's going to happen next to them. What is their next step in life? They're going to go off to England. What is the rest of their life going to be like? You're not going to find out because this is a movie about them right now at this moment in their lives but they've got their whole lives ahead of them. Maybe they go to England and maybe something happens and they break up and they don't end up together. Maybe they spend the rest of their lives together and they're happy and, and they're together, or maybe they have a family or, or, or whatever. Um, and Lloyd figures out what he wants to do while he's in England or, or whatever it might be. But I love how it ends that way where they're on the plane, they're holding hands and he's telling her about the, the whole turbulence thing that everything is going to be okay. Once you see that, that light, that uh, seatbelt light, turn off that every when you hear the ding it's fine that means you're up you're safe you're good and it just it holds that moment for a while and it just they're holding hands there sitting close to each other on the plane both staring up just waiting and waiting for everything to be okay for everything to be okay and then the movie goes black and you hear the ding and it's just it's a i think it's a perfect way to end that movie is that you know you know what whatever happens to them when they go to england they're going to be okay it's all going to be okay and that's what that's one of the things I just really, really enjoyed about this movie is that there wasn't there wasn't a lot of cynicism in this movie. It was a simple it was a simple, real love story. Uh, great actors in it. It was it was an 80s teen love story movie grown up a little bit um, and just a lot of fun. Just it really was a lot of fun. Um yeah, so I think I think that's what I got. I'm not going to ask my own five questions this time because, you know, that, that's kind of silly. But, um, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed this movie. If you like John Cusack, if you like Ione Sky, John Mahoney, this is a great one to check out. A lot of other great supporting characters, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a great one to check out if you have not seen it before. So I am happy that this one is the end of our 80s movies. I'm sad that we're the, at the end of our 80s movies. I'm always a little bit sad that we missed uh, all of the first half of the 80s, you know, from 80 to uh, to 83, that we missed those movies. Maybe we'll go back and do those again sometime. I know we've talked about some of them here and there uh, on the show, but uh, we didn't get to do those as full episodes on their own. 
But I am also very much looking forward to the 90s. Uh, so with the 90s coming up, um, our first month of next year of, of 2020. Um, and again, we may take a break. It may take like a week-long break or so. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll be back in there pretty soon, um, probably within the first week or two of 2020. But uh, our first month is going to be, our, our theme for the month is, who does number two work for? Very classic Austin Powers bit. Uh, who does number two work for? And it is going to be sequel movies. So there are, as I looked at it, there are a ton of sequels coming up in 1990. And so we just threw them all together in one month. So if you look at it, we've got, uh, let me pull up my list here, and I'll be able to I'll be able to tell you exactly which ones we got coming up in which order. Uh, so we've got Die Hard 2, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, RoboCop 2, Young Guns 2, and Predator 2. So I'm sure there are other sequels. In fact, I know there's other sequels we're going to have throughout the year. Um, we've got another 48 Hours will come up later in the year. We've got Godfather Part 3. Uh, we've got Back to, the Pu- Back to the Future Part 3. Um, let's see, do we have any other? I was just looking real quick to see if we have any other sequels. That may be it in terms of sequels, but um, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up this year. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of movies I haven't seen either, so I'm kind of excited about that too. A lot of movies I have seen, but a lot of movies I haven't seen. So uh, really looking forward to that coming up. So thank you so much again for being with us throughout the 80s. Um, as we move from the 80s into the 90s, I'm excited for what's ahead. Um, we're just going to keep this thing going for as long as we can keep it going. So we'd love to have you along the ride with us. Um, Listen along, join us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those different places. Email us, call into the voicemail line. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We're just excited to be here and we're excited that you're here with us. So thank you so much for listening. I want to, and I especially want to thank, you know, Bo and Pat and Jeff and Dennis. Uh, Jason was another person that works with us at our school. He used to be on the show with us when we first started out. Um, We've had a whole bunch of different guests. We've had Jason Colvin from our Oklahoma contingent has come on for a few episodes um you know we had kevin smokler the author came on uh it's probably maybe about a year ago now or a little bit earlier uh a little bit earlier this year last year i think it was last year maybe and uh he came on talked a little bit about 80s movies with us and uh, we've had a couple of other kind of guests come on the show i think we had uh we might have had bo's brother on here one time i know we had bo's wife donna on here way way back in our um, breakfast club episode uh, we've had, I think my, my, uh, sibling has been on here before my kids have been on here before. So for anybody, and I, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but for anybody who's joined us as either a guest host, or you've called into the voicemail line, or you've just listened to the show with us. Um, thank you so much, but especially I want to give a big shout out to the other guys who are with me, you know, a, a vast portion of the time. Um, thank you to Dennis for whenever he can show up. I know it's, it's not always very regular, but we, we always appreciate he's got a great insight on movies and, and just a, a mind for writing and, and the technical aspects of the movies as well. Thank you to Jeff. I mean, Jeff just constantly, if, if you want to talk movies and you want your discussion to be taken to the next level with somebody who understands the history of movies and just has such a mind for the, the music and the writing and just everything all together, um, you know, Jeff is Jeff is the person that you want to sit down and talk with, especially Disney stuff, you know, all, all in with the Disney stuff, too. But, um, you know, that's why I enjoy talking with the guys, you know, just flat out excitement and movie history and knowledge and between Bo as well. Um, 
you know, just just a knowledge of some of these movies and and memories surrounded the times that that we've watched them or that you know he watched them growing up as a kid and just excitement about these movies. And Pat, Pat is just an ex, a ball of excited energy when it comes to most of these movies. Not River's Edge, not uh, Blue Velvet, and not some of the others. But um, you know, but Pat, we love you. Um, but Pat, if you ever want just somebody to be excited with you about something, you need to talk to Pat because he is just, you know, I will constantly get text messages when when a trailer comes out and he's like, "Dude, Top Gun," or. More Millennium Falcon. Need more Millennium Falcon. Um, just, just the excitement level. So I think what everybody that I've been on this podcast journey with brings to this is we love movies. We're positive about the movies. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna ridiculously bash something. If we didn't like it, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it and we'll, you know, we'll say what we didn't like about it. But we like to be positive about these movies. If if. If for anything else, we'll try to find something to love in a movie we didn't like, but at the very least, we try to be positive about it, we try to be upbeat about it, and we try to be a movie podcast that, that wants to bring you in on the discussion with us. So um, I just want to say thank you to all those guys. You all have made this so much fun for me. Um, this is something I had wanted to do for a really long time, and thank you for indulging me by coming in and being co-hosts on the show with me, and and uh, this has become much more than I ever thought it would be. Uh, the fact that we are being listened to across the world, that we have people that are interacting with us, um, that we have, you know, his, we have more than just two listeners. So, um, you know, that is that has been a lot of fun for me. And uh, I just really appreciate everybody. I appreciate the guys that are on here with me. I appreciate anybody who's ever called in, interacted with us. Um, oh, Teresa. I forgot. I almost tr forgot Teresa from the Disney Vault Talk uh, podcast, among many others. She came on with us um, to talk uh, the uh, Winnie the Pooh movie a little while back. And uh, I know I was going to forget somebody else, but uh, I'm sure there's others that I have completely forgotten about. And I do apologize. And that does not mean that I don't appreciate you. I absolutely appreciate you. Um, just I'm sitting in my car and now I'm starting to get really cold. So I think my brain is being affected by it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thank you so much to everybody. I am so for, so looking forward to the 1990 movies, uh, and what that's going to bring to us. And so I, I, I don't know if our sign off will be any different going forward, but, uh, here's, here's the deal. I'll, I'll say it one more time and I doubt it'll be the last time we may stick with this going forward, but uh, I want you all to be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time.